to the Tailblazers, a podcast made up of best friends, Jeff LeBlanc and Aaron Kiner. It mainly focuses on their favorite three things, outdoors, meat, and beer, O&B for short. Basically, two brothers attempting to entertain, educate, and inspire by narrating their adventures they have experienced. These adventures can range from a small hike, a fun brewery trip, or just a simple backyard barbecue. They will definitely try to keep everything viewer-friendly, but both of them have been through life-altering events, so be wary. This is one reason why they are best friends and continue to dive into many obstacles called life. Their main goal is to have fun entertaining their listeners, and if inspiration hits them, that's always a plus. Please share this page in episodes because there is no telling what will happen next. Let's jump on the trail. I don't know, but I just want to say my voice is so sexy, and that is ridiculous. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't get married at, like, 16. Uh, hey, so I was getting a beer uh, for this thing the other day. Um, I was at Total Wine, which is a big wine and beer store. And uh, this this lady, of course, I picked a koozie. I picked a koozie um, for a present. And... Um, and I, of course, didn't have it. Didn't go. It didn't ring up right. So the lady was like looking at. It, and she's like, she's like, what is this? I didn't really know how to answer. I thought it was like a joke. I was like, it's a koozie, you know. She's like, oh, okay. <clears throat> and so she calls the manager over, and the manager comes over, and you know, he helps her out. Everything's fine. And the next thing you know, she looks at him and she's like, what is a koozie? And the guy had to describe to this this chick what a koozie is. And I never thought I in the. I was like, is this a. Am I getting punked or something? But that was weird. Who does not know what a koozie is? But, when I moved to the South, I did not know that there was a name for that thing that covered up your drink and kept it cold and kept your hands warm. <laughs> so interesting. I had the conversation about that as well with a person from California, and she told me that they call it a coolie uh, there. So she did not know what a koozie was. But. Or when I said the word koozie, like she wouldn't have known what it was. She does now, but um, but my I guess my thing was it was actually in her hand. Like she said, she still didn't know what it was. That one surprised me there a little bit. That's a good point. Also, I think coolie is like a racial epithet, like from way old, like turn of the nineteenth century for like Asian people. Dead serious. Ah, oh, I know that. Well, that sounds like California. Yeah, we learn something every day. <laughs> Aaron, you sound uh, like an NPR like producer or host in that introduction. That was pretty good. There's a couple of moments that were pretty cute where you talked about getting into adventures, and I liked it. Yeah, it's mostly the deep <laughs> voice. I have like my voice a little bit deeper on the mic than it really is. I'm a little more squeaky I'm, in person. Maybe, but yeah. in that moment, I felt like I would have trusted you to give me the best chili recipe in the world. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I would have. I would have, I would have shared yeah, that to you. Yeah, very, <laughs> just very confident. You're probably stealing it from your wife, too. My chili? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is got that a got awkward, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, she, she, she likes going to the chili cook-off. She does. Oh, Never you... mind. Don't worry about it. I, I feel hey, like we're guys. waiting for a setup to a joke that never came. It's like I wrote this down for last season. I was waiting for this one. I'm going to throw it in. This seems right. Yeah. Pause for laughter. <laughs> so, Jeff, you want to you want to introduce our guest? I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get shammed again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hey, welcome, everybody. We're at season two, episode three. And we got Greg, the Larson author entrepreneur 
the man with the bandana, the guy that everybody likes to be around. What's going on, brother? It was very sweet. Thank you. Uh, what's going on? I'm just chilling with you guys, drinking a little bit of my secret special beverage. It says, I'm sorry to pull the curtain back like this, but Aaron, it says, really. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, they changed that. I blame the Russians. <laughs> we got to take, take an intermission every 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy this thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm good. Uh, can I get into my beverage review? Yes, we can do the beverage review. I hope hopefully okay. it's still working. Well, not only that, but I've lost you guys. I can't even see you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of makeshift operation are you guys running? This is your second season, and this is the kind of BS that's happening. Well, this is the first time they did this maneuver on us, man. This is oh, this sure. is a pretty low blow. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, we better, wait, we got to drink a beer. <laughs> All right, I'll go first because uh, I'm nervous. Uh, I got rugged. Rugged Outlook. Uh, it's DDH Honey. I don't even know what that is. Oat Cream Triple IPA. We got Citra. We got Gal- Galaxy Cashmere Vic Secret and Idaho uh, Idaho Seven. Wait, was one of the ingredients Galaxy? Yep. Cool. I, it, I don't know, man. It honestly sounds like something you would find out you get, could get cancer off of, but anyway. That sounds pretty good. And then uh, I'm curious to hear what the Stardust tastes like. <laughs> what does space taste like? Yeah, I'm about to let you know. It's probably is what you think it is. It's a, no, a, a supernova in my mouth. Oh, that's weird. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, while you're pouring that, I got a whole milk, um, lactose-free whole milk from HEB, which is the major Texas um, grocery store down here. I live in Central Texas, and so I'm a huge H-E-B advocate. It may be the best pour I've ever had on this show. That looks good. I would agree. Yeah. What do you got, Jeff? I would agree. I got um, Remember Boys No Pie for second place. It's from Oology Brewing Company, and they're out of Tallahassee, Florida. And it's a blueberry pie-inspired Berliner-style ale with natural flavors. We'll see. Jeff, with that mustache, I feel like your porn name could be Blueberry Pie. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, man. I could, uh, I could, I, you know, actually, this weekend, somebody, last weekend, somebody told him he had a, uh, uh, porn stash stash for the first time. Since I've had a mustache since May. Double cold brew. It's dark with a pronounced head and a long lingering finish. It's a what beer. was that? It's like a blue, it's like a blue, blue tint to it, purplish tint to it. Oh yeah, I can even see it looks like cranberry juice. By the way, Aaron, do you have a soundboard? Yeah, didn't you picture? You're like a you're like a radio shock jock and an NPR host. That's a pretty cool combo. Yeah, yeah. I've I've uh that's my night gig. This is mixing stuff. So no, that, yeah, that's pretty good, man. This it's got a lot of blueberry flavor to it for sure. I don't a, taste any of the pie crust or anything, but you know, it tastes blueberry to me. Every time I ever get a pie crust, it's burnt anyway, so probably best. But not the stuff my, underneath the pie. 
Mm. Mine is very rich, very flavorful, like stick to the back of your tongue. Um, what I like about it is that it doesn't give me the gut bubbles of a regular milk, but it has all the rich, full flavor of a regular milk. So I'm like all about this. I'll, I'll drink legit a half gallon of this every day. Nice. Dang. You I drink a half gallon, gallon of beer every day. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's a joke. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, man. That, <clears throat> I don't know how you didn't, if you listened to our episode, that particular soundbite was me. Uh, oh, kick something. Me trying to, to uh, read a description of a beer that was really uh, like it kind of sounded sexual. So that, that this was me attempting to do it. Check out our double cold brew. It's dark with a pronounced head and a long lingering finish. And he poured a big head on it too. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are wild, dude. And I know I, I've seen episodes of the show. I've seen how you interact with your guests. I know that you try and you do this gotcha journalism with them. You try and catch them off guard and you try to back them into a corner. I'm not falling for that shit today. Okay. So I got my guard up and I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Well, there goes that. I had some really good ones. Um, I, listen, you know, there's only so much you can do when Zoom cuts you out 20 minutes early. <laughs> We're done in five minutes. The timer is literally below the five-minute mark at this point. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I would have just bought it right then and upgraded, but my card's downstairs. Hell. This is the damnedest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway. So, me and Jeff went and saw you in Austin, what was it, last year? Yep. Last year, Especially September. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had an uh, absolute blast down there. Uh, we thank you, thank you for letting us come, uh, as well as chauffeuring us around. First of all, that was that was really that was a great time. Uh, interesting way of getting chauffeured around, but it was fun. Um, I think we talked about. Yeah, it. well, that was back. I have a different car now, but that was back when I had my Dodge Caravan, which I took the back seats out, replaced it with a big sleeper. I, I customized it to be like a camper sleeper van. So just imagine me, Aaron's wife, Kelly, in the front seat, and then Aaron, Jeff, and our buddy, Steven, all in the back, like sardines, wearing the, the cowboy hats, like rolling around, cowboy boots, shit kickers, getting all in my bed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just driving down these backcountry roads, going to get barbecue. It was a good time. Some of it wasn't backcountry. Some of the, well, a couple of times we just pulled out in the city and we're just like, oh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That was good. Uh, so we really did appreciate it. We uh, we loved you showing us around. The food was phenomenal. I could I could eat some more of the barbecue again. I could do that. Um, thanks for taking us out on the river and all that stuff. So we do we do very much appreciate that. Um, but this show isn't about city life. It shows about a little bit of outdoors and some adventures and right. stuff like that. So, Greg, what's the craziest story you remember having with me in college? You got three minutes to figure it out, too. I knew actually, it, dude. Actually, you got I two minutes it. and 50 seconds. I have some time. I got to have some time to get off. I knew that this is what you guys did. You cut your you cut your guests off short. I think that, you know, that time that Aaron and I, so I grew up in northern Minnesota, and Aaron came up to visit my cabin in college, and he just had this, like, Aaron, you just sometimes get this thing in your head where... <laughs> You have something that you want to do, no matter how ridiculous it is. Okay. Maybe it's something logical. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to die from cancer. Okay. That makes sense. Or maybe yeah. it's something that just like, I don't know, maybe you like saw a TV show or something and you just get in your head. I want to raft across a lake. 
and you just obsess over it. And it's one of the most admirable qualities about you. And we got up there to my cabin and he just wanted to build our own raft and raft it across this lake. Mind you, the lake that my cabin is on isn't the biggest lake in the world, but it's also not the smallest lake. Yeah. It's a pretty medium sized lake. It's a couple of miles wide. Uh, and we're just out in the woods just with all these pine trees chopping we didn't even have a proper axe i don't think we just had a bunch of labat blue like all this crappy canadian beer uh a hatchet some twine that my mom gave us to tie these logs not even logs just like large sticks together and we built ourselves a raft that was i don't know maybe eight feet wide and uh pulled it out rafted across the lake and the damnedest thing happened halfway across the lake aaron gets all these leeches up on his butt and he uh he asks me to pick them off for him yeah and i mean i, I didn't it. hesitate either man i wasn't even like could you i was just like pants coming down pick these dang things off me now i think i hesitated a little bit oh I yeah you I, were yeah for sure you definitely were the, hesi- the hesitation i was not hesitating <laughs> i was sure this had to happen <laughs> and we got back and we did it like that that's the thing is that we did it and then we disassembled it the boat and lit it on fire after it had had, uh dried out yeah that was actually kind of an interesting piece as well um i i very much enjoyed it um that's the end of the episode less than a minute left i tell this little story about us rafting across this lake and that's it wipe our hands of it all right guys that was a great episode unreal give me a second i'm getting ready to upgrade i found a picture of my credit card <laughs> do we have to log off or what i don't know i'm trying to do it from It'll here probably kick us off no don't you guys listen i mean say it probably kick us off. i'll just do the pro i can have 100 participants i totally need that that's good we gotta find 97 friends Wow. Uh, so what have you guys been doing for the last five minutes or 10 minutes as I've tried to navigate through the internet? Um, Drinking so anyway. beer and playing with my chicken. <laughs> oh, please explain. I got a rubber <laughs> chicken right there. Remember? See? Does it make if you got you got all these like pseudo euphemisms that <laughs> make you think that they're kind of vaguely sexual, but then it turns out to be relatively innocuous, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, That's I, how I roll. Yeah, I like him too. I don't know if you can see this, but I, was... I got a rubber chicken. Nope, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad I can show you. I just want to make sure because people can't see it when they're listening on podcasts. I literally hate technology. I think it's the worst fucking thing ever. Anyway, yeah, you're just not good at it. I'm not good. You at buy it. a tech, you buy technology and it dies on you the day after you buy it. That's your problem. But it, but it's not always it all me up. though, right? Um, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I was hoping you'd be. I buy the same. I I buy the same product as you do. Mine lasts a heck of a lot longer than yours. Right. So, yeah. I believe that. Okay, that's true. Here's the thing, though. Like this cell phone, I've dropped it in the salt water, and I, the only reason I found it, it was at night. I found it because it was lit up still. I picked it up out of the pluff in the water. Like dug my hand in there, found it. I was there. I was next to you. Yeah, I'm telling. I'm telling. I'm telling Greg because he was not there for this experience. And then not two, a couple of weeks ago, when we went on the golf tournament, I ran over with the golf cart. Golf cart. So don't these anecdotes just validate what Jeff just said? Hold on. So <laughs> in particular, no, it doesn't. This it actually proves my point of some BS happening, some suspicious stuff, right? The speaker that he's referencing, we literally got at the same time. I took care you of it. We were together fingers? all the time. It, it just kind of got a little weird. 
this cell phone has been through hell and back and it's doing good so there's some there are some products that are tested by me and go through (laughs) it's like the equal uh, you're going to put it through the equal amount of like crash test dummy work it's just a matter of whether or not the actual product is going to you know withstand the heat Yeah. yeah right one day, one day we'll buy a cell phone at the same time, and then we'll see who's last longer. So, Greg, I don't know if you know about this, but me and Jeff, <clears throat> we actually hiked the Appalachian Trail. That's not true. That's not true. We didn't hike any of it together. Um, we hiked the Foothills Trail, right? That's correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was so bad for me. I couldn't remember what trail we were on. Anyway, it was 28, what, 0.2, miles? It was so long, I couldn't remember either. Um, we did, it, was, it was great. We did it in one day what 13 hours it was it was uh it was pretty brutal that was most one of our most challenging hikes i think we ever did being in the outdoors um but i know for a fact uh a little birdie and a few emails in my college career told me that you might have had a good experience in australia um i know you did something there tell us a little bit about that and um i I would say it's the greg larson walkabout yeah jeff do you know do you know any of my experiences in australia I know a little bit from what Aaron's told me, but you have never told me anything personally. Oh, man. So I'm ready this, to – I'm all ears here. Well, this is back I, – I was not – I would say I'm a more experienced outdoorsman now, but this was my first real, like, serious outdoor hike. I was in the southern coast of Australia in Victoria, which is um, – it's an odd place because it's warm enough to have jungles, like rainforests, but it's also – close enough to antarctica to have penguins like it's just a strange place and i decided that i was going to do this um 62 mile hike from on the great ocean walk which is this beautiful i mean there's everything there's desert there's rainforest there's mountains there's beaches and i brought i mean i legit i still have the backpack i brought a jan sport backpack and uh so one thing about australia is that kmarts are still really popular there so I went to a Kmart and I got some really cheap uh, tent and a really cheap sleeping bag. And that was it. And I just like tied them to this Jansport friggin' fourth graders backpack. And in that backpack, I had some crackers. I had a couple of cookies. I had like three cans of tuna, I think, and a couple of nuts. And did you already have the couple of nuts or did you have to buy more? <laughs> Dude, I... um. That one I appreciate because I was just like, I didn't have enough food if I had just been sitting around all day, let alone hiking 10, 14 miles a day. And I got to, and I didn't even bring water, dude. That was the most messed up. I was about to ask, what did you do about water? I had a a one liter bottle. And then at every campsite, I... um, Dude, that was bad enough. But at every campsite, the only refilling stations were these rainwater collection stations. So my first night, I went, and there's all these signs that say, do not drink all these X's, all these like dead pictures of like dead guys laying down, like don't drink the water. And here's me (laughs) filling up my one liter bottle. The first night, I shit you not, it was, it wasn't pure yellow, but it was definitely yellowish and it had literally bugs inside of it. Um, some sort of shit right i don't know man it didn't get it didn't make me sick like i took a couple of sips i waited for a little bit and i thought 
all right, man, I'm just going to chug this. I had no gut problems that I know of. And then fortunately the following days, it rained every single night. So each campsite actually had fresh rainwater after that. So nice jokes on those losers. Even so I would only fill up with one liter. So one liter a day is not nearly enough. The worst for you, you're still alive. It's true, but like you, you know how when you get dehydrated, you, uh, your, your puzzle solving abilities deteriorate. Your direction, your spatial awareness right. deteriorates. You can't like solve any problems. Everything's fuzzy, yeah. dude. Yeah, it felt like my brain was just like a cotton ball. Yeah, it came to that, the practice so that what? I actually don't drink for a week and then I do Sudoku, so that way I'm better prepared <laughs> for those situations. <laughs> dude, if I had to. It was weird, man. I, I had one, the only entertainment I had was this one book. And then I read that in the first two nights. And then I just, I didn't, I don't so know. You what brought I a I book just, with you, but no water. Okay. Dude, for real. <laughs> how, how like, how Greg Larson is that, right? Hey, that's how you get interesting stories. I, I guess, dude. That's the thing about this whole thing is that like, that was a time in my life where I lived my life by the phrase, push your comfort zones. But I think there's a lot of overcompensating of me trying to put myself in dangerous scenarios and try to get out of it. So I'd have some funny story. And there was not, there was this time, I don't know, maybe four or five days in, it was like a seven day trip that I spread it out to. I had run out of water. The night was closing in. I was, I was in the jungle on the coast of South Australia and there's remote beaches. I hadn't seen anybody all day. And I was looking at my map and I thought that I was like at this fork in the road that was right next to my campsite. But I took the fork to the, I took the fork to the left and it went down and it kept going down and down into this valley. And there was no sign. There's no sign, literal sign of a campground and no physical, you, you know, you can just tell that a trail has been well-worn around a campsite. There's none of that. And I started, I got to the point where I started hollering where I was like, hello, no answer. I hiked back to the fork. I went to the right, which like climbed up to the top of this valley overlooking the ocean. And it was starting to get really dark. I didn't have any water. I was exhausted at this point. And I started screaming for help. And it just, my voice echoed out into the ocean and just dissipated, no response. And I just thought, oh, shit, dude. Like, I'm going to have to drink my, my excess tuna water just to survive the night. I mean, I wouldn't have literally died, but I was just, just to have some sort of, like, satiation. Um, finally, I go back to that fork in the road. And it turns out that in my delirium, dehydrated delirium, I had too soon. I was like, oh, this fork is, like, two kilometers before my actual campsite. I'm, like, way short of where I'm supposed to be. So I book my ass and dude, like I'm in the rainforest in Australia. I saw, I saw a, a fox eating a kangaroo. I saw wallabies. I saw snakes. I saw fire ants the size of damn peanuts, dude. I saw all the Australia stuff. I saw koalas out there. I did not want to get stuck out there in the middle of the night at all. Uh, so I'm like booking my ass to get to my campsite. And finally I get back and I just like plop down, sit fill up my water bottle and I take a leak and it's, you know, one of those like caramel leaks where you haven't had enough water during the day. And it's I just like, started crying. I'm going to die right now. <laughs> yeah, my own water. Here we go. For real. It, I was like, this is, 
this is gonna be blood i mean at some yeah. point <laughs> well i can relate to that it's almost the color of blood <laughs> yeah yeah and so i just it, asked myself like what why am i even doing this what am i doing out here and i think that the reason i was out there was because i wanted to i wanted to prove to myself that i could you wanted to escape the one bedroom one bath for one semester <laughs> for real yeah <laughs> So, so describe like how these campsites are. are they like because you keep you mentioned yeah, a bunch and, of these campsites. So and like, Dan, describe like, besides the rainwater runoff where you can collect everybody's water and use fires, it. stuff like that as well. Yeah, is there places for a fire pit? Shelter. Do that. Shelter no. like pre done shelters. So like the um on the in the first couple of campsites at the towards the uh, trailhead there were makeshift shelter like there would be an open air shelter that would just be like four poles with a roof and that would be there might be a picnic table under there and that was it everything is just like a packed dirt slab was each campsite and there'd be a little post that said four on it and it's like every campsite that i went to was number four you know <laughs> there there might i don't know there might have been a half dozen slabs at each site but it's very primitive i mean there's just that that rainwater collection tank and um there would usually be an outhouse, but uh, that oh, those, was, those are would be the only amenities. Yeah, um, and they're like permanent outhouses, so they really had that like true stink to them. They're like wood in the fucking ground. So I gotta, um, yeah, <laughs> do uh, do you regret it? I mean, and looking back now, was it? Did you get enough out of it that like you're like ah, I'm glad I did it, or is like? Or is it was it too so stupid, like so risky that you're like, yeah, whatever I got out of it probably wasn't worth it. I'm lucky. That's a hard one, dude, because I I don't regret it at all. I, I wouldn't do it again the same way. I'd do it better. But the only reason I would do it better is because I went through that experience. Yeah. It's like, okay, do, do I need to break my arm in order to know that it hurts to break your arm? Not necessarily, but I think that I don't know, man. At that time in my life, I had to like go through some sort of trials like that in order to be a better, in this case, outdoorsman. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, so Jeff and I both kind of grew up in the outdoors a little bit. However, had an interest in it for our life. <clears throat> I, I know, knowing obviously the intent to want to do something like that and saying to be a better outdoorsman. I mean, did you grow up with it in the outdoors a lot, or I mean, did you obviously know you're from Minnesota? Um, but yeah. Are we changing subjects? Because I wanted to ask a question about the Australia again. Oh yeah. yeah, but I'll answer that. Um, not I didn't grow up in the outdoors the same way you guys might. Have. Like hunting was not a big part of my family. We camped a ton. We would go out. What we go out to Montana, Wyoming. We'd camp all the time. Do a lot of like car camping. The same way I kind of like to now. Uh, camped a ton in the back. My backyard was on a lake, and I would go back there and I'd like harvest blueberries and blackberries before the deer and the woodchucks could get to it and. I'd shoot squirrels back there. I'd spend a lot of time out in the woods by myself. Um, honestly, just like digging around, like there's this old uh, post office back in the woods in my neighborhood that I just go like sit in the rubble of this post office and just like, I don't know, rummage around in the dirt, <laughs> shoot gophers and stuff. So like, yes, but it was a very uh, suburban sort of outdoorsmanship. Gotcha. Jeff, That's what cool. do you get about? What so, you when you mentioned about the trailhead, so the other end of the trail, because you said it was what, 60 something miles, 
Was it yep. the same or was it different? Um, the trailhead was in this coastal, it was this sleepy beach town that was, it was like a resort town and I was there in the off season. So everything was closed down. All the shops were closed. There's hardly anybody there. There's a little golf course there, a couple of players, but it was, it was like a drizzly overcast out of season beach town. And then the end of the trail was this amazing, it's called the 12 apostles. They're these limestone, limestone structures. They're kind of relatively famous that like jut off into the ocean, almost like chess pieces off into the ocean. And it's a big um, like national monument there. So it's almost like going from the sleepy beach town at the trailhead. And then the end of the trail is this tourist destination where there's a bunch of like buses full of a bunch of tourists with, uh, you know, big old cameras and stuff. And here I am like trudging my way up there, like out of breath go to the gift shop and I get a Snickers bar. Dude, when I got home, I got a meat lover's pizza and a beer. <laughs> Man, that shit tasted so good. Woo! Were you going up, were you going up to the tourists and being like, Wada, give me <laughs> it's funny, dude, because that's what inspired me to even go on that trip in the first place is because my university, we took a trip to the 12 apostles separately at the beginning of the year. And I saw a guy who was like sitting there just looking tired eating crackers with this like thousand yard stare i was like hey man where are you coming from and he told me all about the great ocean walk and he told me about it and then fast forward like three months and then i was that guy it's nice man so did people always walk the same direction that you were walking or they they do it vice versa kind of like appalachian trail or whatever yeah it's kind of like the appalachian trail where there'd be some day hikers who you might see very obviously just doing a couple miles here and there but for the most part there was one group that I would see at the campsite each night that was on the same path as me and they were going the same direction. So like there weren't a lot of people out there. Gotcha. Would you, would you consider the Appalachian trail now? The whole thing? Or, I mean, well, I, I mean, it might be hard for you. I mean, it's hard as an adult, a little bit harder as an adult, but yeah. I mean, would you consider it or hiking, you know, section hiking? Oh, for sure. Section hiking for sure. Like that, I really love being out there. I really love it. And the more that like the more our world has turned into like this weird place that I don't know what's going on anymore, the more I think about being in Appalachia and being around the people who are like, stay the fuck off my property. I have my gun. I will shoot you if you come onto it. I'm like, you know what? I think there's a lot more of that in me than I realized. I find that funny now because <clears throat> I feel like that was me and you kind of probably like grow, you know, in, in college, yeah. I feel like that's clearly me. And then especially even what the heck's going on. Like, I guess we were talking earlier about conspiracy theories and you were like, oh, I need to find something. I mean, oh, have you like kind of submitted to the fact that aliens probably did happen and the whole thing with pyramids and they were using them to mine gold? And that means that a possible, is that now a reality to you? I mean, like, <laughs> have you come to my side about that or, or we, we still got some time to ponder on that. Or, or do we need to let him come back for our alien episode? <laughs> yeah. You guys have an alien episode? You guys have like... We haven't had it yet, but we're going to plan an it. Alien episode. We're going to plan it. Uh, you know me and aliens. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I'd be a panelist on that. Look, like, as far as those kinds of conspiracies go, my conspiracies are usually more terrestrial. Like, all of the people in government are lizards kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that. Man. Yeah. Lizard, lizard people. man. Gotcha. Lizard people. Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. It's watching. It's kind of interesting watching. Almost definitely, I grow up. Obviously, been, but just watching you develop to the outdoors. It's something that 
and a lot of people, even when I work to go to work today, a lot of people don't realize that I'm in the outdoors as much as I really am or experience it. Yeah. I, I don't talk about it. And it's interesting watching from a perspective as an adult and getting in more as an adult, getting into it and re recognizing how wonderful it can really be, how much different, like how much more vocal you are about it sometimes than, than I grew up in it. And I think that's just a, in a way we've it, not that we take, we don't take it as serious or we, you know, it's a disadvantage, but it's just yeah. that sometimes we were, we don't realize how lucky we were to grow up in it at all you know as much as we did and uh yeah, oh yeah but i, I owe a lot of that really to the fact that my mom when i was a kid she'd just like load us up every summer and take us out to yellowstone or grand teton national park and just be like we're going out there and we'd go out there for weeks or months at a time and i'll never forget when we when we went to the national parks there's this one time i was in yellowstone and we were hiking along some random wooded trail and i saw this really pretty flower I wanted to go pick the flower and my mom stopped me and I was like, well, why can't I pick it? There's a million flowers out here. And she said that I, I had to leave everything the way I found it so that the next person could enjoy it. And that stuck with me forever. And yeah. still when I go to it, a national park in particular, I'll go and try and leave it better than the way I found it. Yeah. That's, um, that's a good point. I mean, that's a really good point. And uh, speaking of obviously <clears throat> Yellowstone, um, I got to go there with you one of the things I was that I really enjoyed about when I went there was that the fact that it was snowing. Um, one of the things I've always wanted to do, obviously being here in the South, all my camping or any kind of outdoors has been clearly not in the snow. It's, it's been in, you know, just rainy, hot conditions, but mm -hmm. um, you ever done any kind of hiking in the snow or camping in the snow? And, and, and what are the challenges of that from Australia, obviously, because you're in a rainforest. So if you have none yeah. of those challenges, well, in Montana, especially, I mean, I'd go out there and go on hikes. I guess you could call them hikes, but a couple of miles here and there in the snow all the time, just because that was the best way for me to get exercise when I lived out there a couple of years ago. But the biggest challenge, the biggest challenging snow or ice hiking I ever did was in, was in Grand Teton. I did, it's like Grand Teton, just south of Yellowstone is in the northern part of Wyoming. It's beautiful, dude. It's my favorite it's probably the most beautiful place I've ever been to in the world. There's this huge mountain glacier lake called Jackson Lake that is always cold. Even if it's really warm, it's still cold. And I love, since I was a little kid, I love jumping in that lake. Um, my mom used to tell stories of me because up there, sometimes it'll snow in the middle of the summer. And my mom would tell stories of me jumping in that lake and the steam would come off of me because it's like my body was so hot and that water was so cold. But there's these like beautiful jagged mountain peaks up there and um i think it's summer 2017 when there's that there's, there's that eclipse the corona of an eclipse came right over that, oh, yeah. that area of teton and i like got a campsite had a day to kill so i went and did this thing this hike called paintbrush canyon where i actually climbed over uh the teton range and came back in one day had to wake up at like 4 a.m but that was wild i <laughs> I'm walking up. So just imagine me, I'm walking through the forest, 4 a.m. There's nobody else on the trail that I can see. And um, it's quiet. And I got my bear spray because that's like total grizzly bear country in the middle of the summer, grizzly bear season. <clears throat> so I, as I'm walking in the forest, I have the, the cliff side is off to my right. And there's like this, uh, this rubble, the like broken rocks. I don't remember what it's called, but 
I'm keeping my eyes to the high ground, just kind of like fluttering my eyes up every once in a while. And then I get into this open clearing, my eyes go up to the high ground and then my eyes come down and there's a fucking bull moose staring me in the face. No exaggeration, like 10, 15 feet away from me. If I hadn't seen him, I would have literally walked into him. He's right on the trail. And I'm just standing, he's just looking at me. The moose, like you want to talk about an alien, like a moose looks like an alien. It does not look of this world when you see it in person. It's this huge body and these like stilted legs and these like wide antlers. They're crazy looking creatures. And he just looks at me, just chewing his cud, not thinking a thing of it. And I see there's like five or six of them along this creek. And then I see a little farther up, there's like five or six more. Never seen so many moose in my entire life, like these beautiful brown shimmering coats. Um, and I continued climbing. It was a long day. I mean, it's like, I don't know, 15, 16 hours. And by the time I got up into the actual mountains, um, there was a section where I had to climb on this ice shelf. That was, uh, it was a pretty dicey situation. I had my boots, but I didn't have like a pickaxe. They suggested you have, I guess I haven't learned my lesson. They suggested in the, uh, the ranger's office that you bring your ice, your ice gear, like your, the pickaxe kind of stuff. And like those the clean prongs that you put on your whatever. Yeah. I didn't have any of that. I was just out there climbing. Probably not a good choice, but I'm, I survived. <laughs> so I guess if you learned a lesson, don't hike with Greg. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> or come prepared. One of the two. Yeah, or be the guy that <laughs> be the guy that remembers everything. Yeah. Checklist and yeah. checks it twice kind of material. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, I mean, simply just ready. listen to the park rangers. Yeah, well, yeah, right. <laughs> listen to authority. <laughs> Whoa, what is that? That looks like fancy water. <clears throat> yeah, it's a big old jug. Dude, I think you sure that's not vodka. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> okay. National Forest Rangers are the only federal employees that I respect. The only federal officers that I have any respect for. Hot yeah, they're pretty cool. They, they get to experience a lot of cool stuff too, actually. That's actually a really cool gig. They got phenomenal benefits as well. And uh, yeah, a lot. it's hard to get into actually sometimes oh, to I get those, in those parks. Even the ones over here in like uh, South Carolina with Smokies and everything. But uh, I got to go back to Montana. I gotta, we got to come okay. back. I just want to put that on the record. Oh, shit. I didn't tell you, dude. We put the house up for sale. Okay. I guess I won't go there. Yeah, dude. How crazy is that? Oh, wow. The market went so insane that my dad just thought he's like, look, we go out there once a year, twice a year. Uh, we'd be stupid not to sell it with the way this market is going. And we can just use the proceeds to go visit up there instead of having our own place. That all right, man, I can't argue with that. Dang, man. Well, I'd like to go back one more time. So hell yeah, dude. There's look, there's no uh we don't have to have that place up there, the mountain house up there for us to yeah. visit. Well, you got enough uh, familiar familiarity with it now. I think we can we can hook us up in a good spot. But yeah, that's not, that's on my to do list. Uh, I said I'd go to Austin before the ba- my baby was born. I did it. So I did another one is um, I'm going to Montana again in and the summer. Time, I'm gonna have to probably bring my crew with me. So, but Jeff and Steven's got to come. I love thank Hell you yeah. enjoy it. I'm, and and I would I want to go back. I want to go back in the winter there. again. I, I loved it. Loved it. Uh, the hiking was, I mean, I don't get to hike like that. And I hear the summer is great, but the, the hiking in the winter was just, this is the most magical thing, man. I was just like, any minute now I'm going to see Santa Claus. And yeah, uh, I mean, I remember walking, you know, we went, 
<clears throat> to go see the frozen waterfall and i had my little water bottle in my hand and i carried it time i got back to the van it was it was frozen in my hand and it, it was weird because clearly it's under 32 degrees but yeah i didn't i didn't feel that you know i mean i mean i was yeah. almost in a light shirt you know short sleeves you could have done hiked it fine and and just loved it it was really cool i'd, lo- I'd love to see it again in snow for sure 100%. Yeah, that is, especially that little village where there's the, all these bubble lights in the village and there are all these little signs and there's red, there's all the garland. It just seems so, it's just a beautiful Christmassy mountain village. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it did feel kind of, I also went in December. So I think I, I, right after December, I think it was. Um, yeah. So that, I, I guess it, I probably did feel very Christmassy then as well. But tell, but tell me this, both you guys the best disc golf course or the coolest most unique disc golf course i've ever played is there and it's this just imagine you're playing up and down mountains it's insane it's really easy to just overshoot it and your disc is just way gone uh you can't play that in the winter no oh, true that's true um and i think you've been playing more disc golf than us lately i've been seeing some <laughs> disc golf but uh, you've been playing you getting pretty good have you have you I'm, found a sport you're not good at yet yeah right you found a sport no nah, dude one of my one of my biggest curses, God, I curse the sky for this, is that I'm good at every sport I try. Yeah. Uh, have uh, you tried curling yet? Oh yeah, that's a no. good. No, I bet I'd be okay. good at. It's my native land, though. I'd probably be naturally good at it. Never Dang. I got to try it though. The only sport that I can think of that I would probably not be great at would be soccer. No, but I'm decent at soccer. I'm really good at fucking stuff up. <laughs> Do you fuck things up in soccer? Relationships. <laughs> yeah. But is that a sport? Here's the thing. I'm a really good defenseman in soccer, and a defenseman just causes Stays chaos, there. dude. You, you can't yeah. predict what a defense – a good defenseman just causes chaos. You're like, I fuck shit up out there. The same way I do the same thing in hockey. I'm so, not a good uh, scorer. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you actually being serious? You think <laughs> there's no, no sport that you're not good at? I, I, I believe that's what he said. He put it on his it. Instagram and all that stuff. Gotcha. He's living name through me, it. Name me one, dude. I, I said curling. I said, I mean, let's why curling, not? Curling. Well, let's I see. I want to uh, see. You gotta you try it. it. I know you're not you bad at golf. It, so. Um, you're not too bad at golf. Are, are, okay, hold on. Are you trying? What about badminton? Are you trying to say that? I'm good at obviously there's better people than you. Clearly, right? Yes. Professionals. Yes. So you're not you're not competing. You're saying I'm the huh? best. But you're just saying right. that you're an you're an athlete in the sport that anything you try, or you can beat the average Joe. You're the average. You're above average in most sports. Yes, I'm above average in every single athletic endeavor. Gotcha. All right. What about, what about uh, the only one I got for you that I would have done that you would have done is karate. Um. Yeah. Well, okay. You have to I learn that a little bit, but yeah. Well, I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu for like two months. And, I know. Um, I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at a white belt, BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's one I haven't tried yet. I haven't tried getting into it deep yet. Yeah, that's the one thing I wish I could have done. Is like done that a little bit more. Um, well, that's good. I, I've been. I know that. I didn't do a lot with you, but I did it with a little bit of a seven iron and a par three. Uh, but I am, I've been oh, yeah. in the golf a lot with uh, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, him and I are like, 
He's got to be shooting at like under under 130, barely. <laughs> okay. Sounds like me. Well, that's a lot better than what we're You're better than that, dude. Don't even start with me, Greg. I know you're better than that. Um, told you. But, told you. Fucking no, told I, you. Yeah, yeah, set you up. Well, that was your sport. Set your ass up. No, yeah, you set me up. I know you try to get me set up with that. Um, but I love it, man. I love it. I don't know why. Can't hit the ball where I want it to go. It seems like it would frustrate me, but I just don't care enough. And I love every bit of it. And I'm really good at driving a golf cart. So that that's also really that's really good for playing golf because a lot of times you get to drive for 18 holes. I'm pretty phenomenal at it, actually. Pretty much staying at the lines. So that's you're you're really great at the la- at the laser find the uh, oh yeah range Jeff, finder. Jeff you're just, really great at that. Jeff just is like uh, measure this. <laughs> okay. I'm like, hey Aaron, shoot it. I'm one of those he guys that ever like yeah yeah. I'm, I'm one of those guys that go out there and have like the best of everything, but can't fucking do anything with it. Yeah. That's what I have. Jeff, you got to be a grip it and rip it style, right? You just go up and you're like, all right, man. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, he doesn't. Oh, well, I do finesse some shots. Yeah, he does. But but I do. Well, but I'm not no, saying you yeah. don't finesse it. I'm just saying that you you eyeball it. You're like, okay, I bet there's 135 yards. Pitching much. You just walk up. Boom. Finesse or not. I just think you're just like, no nonsense. Yeah. Get to it. Aaron, oh, I think he's like fixing his gloves. He's looking in the binoculars. Actually he's not. No. Now I'll I'll put my glove on more than he does. Yeah, I just didn't. But say I, my hands get sweaty, so you know I got to have that extra grip. So you know. Oh uh, yeah. Most of the time I just hit it, and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I got to hit it again. It went two feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time getting past the ladies' teeth. So let's be real. Um, it happens, man. I mean, you're not. You, you can't improve if you don't. You have improved. You Dang. shot your best. You shot your best two scores on uh, the past ever PR yeah. personal records. What were they? Uh one twenty six, I think it was somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, and then you shot better than that the next day. Yeah, I we so that tournament we had, oh, amazing, dude. Um, it was just phenomenal. It was amazing. Yeah, we had a really good time with it. Um, totally. Totally want to go back next year. It was like a veteran tournament, three day tournament golf. I played four days of rowing golf. I was just wow. I, I I didn't think my back could do it, and you know, and I was just like, yep. I wasn't even that sore, man. I was having so much fun. We get up at like five or six o'clock in the morning, and um, it, it's just go eat uh, breakfast at a diner. <laughs> diner. And we played a Myrtle Let's Beach. Go to the clubhouse, hang out for and, a little bit, get your tea time. It was uh, that sounds pretty nice. It was pretty good um but anyway it was good stuff so i think we uh we sit here gotta uh take an admission <laughs> we gotta take a second break this week's episode of tailblazers is brought to you by our very young greg larson's second memoir clubby guess what that's me i'm greg larson and clubby is a hilarious and illuminating story about a starry-eyed baseball fan who accidentally became part of the minor league system that exploited his heroes just go to clubbybook.com. That's C-L-U-B-B-I-E book.com to read it today. All right, all right. Check out the Clubby. It's a really good book. It's actually one of the few I ever read. I got a handful of uh, four, and uh, two of them have been his. So I think it's a really good book. If you like a little bit about baseball, you should check it out. And we'll be back here after the intermission. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with you guys' production. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the After Dark Hours. Oh, that was a weird voice. I are just right. What are you doing with your belt? I'm not wearing one. 
Oh, neither am I. Neither am I. Oh. Um, so, Greg, I've known you for a little while. I think that Jeff has known you for sure, a little just while. A, just a little while. What are y'all in the decade. same pledge class again? What, how, what time? Almost 15 years. That's not 2008. Wow. Fall. Wow. That's hard uh, to believe. Um, but one thing that I think I can notice, and I think Jeff probably will will say the same, the, the bandana is new. Um, you almost look like you're into a new style of life. You got any, and what's going on there? You got a new style? You got a new, new flow going on? You got something to tell us about? Yeah. <laughs> you're good at this, dude. Um, yeah, the bandana started... Uh, it started initially from me going into these yoga classes. I started yoga in, uh, on Labor Day of last year. And um, I do this is hot yoga strange, class. Is it strange that you know the date that you started? I guess uh, I, that is a little unusual, but I know it because it was like such a pivotal moment in my life so far. And um, I like it. Good answer. Yeah. And I do these hot yoga classes where it's like 95, 100 degrees. So I'm just like sweating my ass off. I'd and probably know I, that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds way sexier when you say it. And then, then when you realize you're just hot, not as enticing. Yes. Um, and so, like, I just drip and sweat, and it like would get in my eyes and be all stinging. So, I, like, we'll start wearing a bandana to soak up the sweat. But I just kind of like the way it feels and the way it looks. So, I wear them sometimes outside of class too, but mostly in the yoga studio um but yeah i've been like deep in it i probably I, I go every day sometimes i go multiple like sunday i did three yoga flows i did yoga for like three three hours that day and then i teach on saturdays and i just finished my teacher training like it's a big part of my life teach now. Now. Most of my, yeah you didn't know that um i did a six-month teacher training that ended like two weeks ago when we were in texas he tried flows? to teach you yeah i impressed him i thought yeah, I don't remember that. We were at the uh, Bar Barton Springs. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I taught you a figure four. I remember that. <laughs> you said I had good balance. You did. I was really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Just you to keep me from flipping over kayaks, then we got good balance. Yeah, <laughs> he, he does like to flip over a kayak. That's like a running thing? Eh, just for him. Yeah. It's mostly getting in the water. Well, no, that's not true either. Well, but, the one time I flipped in the water, but most of the time I flipped the kayak is when I'm trying to get in it. I don't know. I guess I got to get too much of a caboose. He gets his weight going. He just can't damn it up. <laughs> Jeff, you got that wagon on you, boy. Take a bite yeah. out of that. Yeah. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I... Uh, congratulations are you gonna make a studio or are you just uh doing please, it for fun for your own thing please tell me you come out with a straight to dvd yoga videos that i can get <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty good dude Might i'd well. wear this exact outfit yeah um no i'm not gonna start my own studio but i there's a studio that i go to it's called black swan yoga that i'm like super it's who i did my training with it's who i go to every day um i'm gonna uh, audition with them in july there's a girl in college you probably know that is doing that now. Got a, well, I don't know if she's doing it now, but um, she did do it for a while. Yeah, but I think you need to make a video. Because I'm like, I'm realizing, like, as I look at my house, I have, interesting enough, about we talked about the 
uh, raft that I did and it was uh, called Kiss My Bass. And yeah. um, I actually have that flag. It's literally right here over the computer. The flag when we uh, rafted across that river. That yeah, it's still hanging up. I got your book, and I got, I still have the original copy of your first book, um, your college story. You have the only, you have the only copy of that original copy. That's yeah. the only one that exists. I mean, in the not world. even state. Well, because you can't staple it. Um, yeah, but the book's right there. Just got next to him. Um, oh, you have both got. That's cool. Aaron, yeah. <laughs> what, what you're referring to is probably is in a three ring binder, probably right. No, dude, it's a freaking, it's just a folder with paper after paper after paper after paper. <laughs> it's not even bound. Yeah, you definitely have the only version. I probably don't even have a digital file that was for. Yeah. yeah, I just, I keep it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that was uh, good stuff. I had, I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun in college, man. I enjoyed, um, said it for the audience, because, uh, and just for my own personal benefit, I think we should notice that. Or note that we were in a uh, one bedroom, one bath together for a while, and and that's a. It seems like a tid. It's well, I guess it was a tidbit awkward. Um, it's weird to share a same living room, kitchen together. I mean, yeah, yeah especially we didn't. What what made us friends is that experience. We didn't really know each other moving in. I was just a guy. In, we didn't. We're in the same fraternity, but we didn't yeah. know each other. You knew I needed a place to stay, and you knew that you had a girlfriend who wasn't going to help you out with rent so it's like all right i don't know they just didn't die to we out. and that was more it was more to it than helping out with rent. it was just like i'm never gonna see you again kind of thing. yeah but yeah. nicely <laughs> um that's good stuff yeah it, you know it's funny i think it's in the circumstance i don't think we suffered by any means i don't think it was miserable but it is weird yeah. uh i can say for jeff and i like him and i were obviously very close too but when we did our hike together and that was probably that was the, I don't know, probably the worst that Jeff's probably ever seen me in. I mean, just as far as pain and crap that happened. Yeah, physically, mm. um, for sure. And it's just that experience of having to help each other and go through things. And I think you were, you know, you were in a different part of your life, has a different part of my life he, as well. And, he forgot his water as well. Yeah. And the first Classic. aid station, I went to the bathroom. I, I can relate to your story. On the first aid station, I went to the bathroom by myself, obviously. And uh, I just pissed. And it was like, basically looked like blood. And I was like, I'm going to die. And I just walked out, grabbed my stuff, and kept going. And I was like, I was, the whole time I was nervous. Like, I knew that wasn't good. And um, and so, like, thank goodness, I uh, Jeff had his water pack. And I just kept, like, drinking off him a little bit here and there. And um but at the same time there's like this mental like the mental roadblock is like i don't want to bug jeff about getting his water it feels you know i just felt like i was a nuisance and i was holding people back and i just knew, i was the weakest link and bro you, uh, you off were you able to fill up at any days. point uh we depend on what mile mark we had four aid stations out of the whole thing and so i think the closest especially three three six. during the hike the last one is the fourth one in a way yeah there's three during the hike so in between two and three is your longest run, which was like 12 miles in between each stage station. All I had was like a Yeti, like a, t- a Yeti 32 ounce. Uh, maybe if that was 32 ounce. Yeah, it was. And I happened to buy it on the way there um, as well. And so, yeah, I totally relate to it. And it was, it was pretty miserable. I had a three, I had a three liter uh, Camelback. So. I was just like, can I have some right. water? And then he would just like pull it out like right here, and I just like drink out of it. Just stuck <laughs> on your teeth, Jeff. Yeah, it was yeah. awful, man. It's what brothers do. Yeah, so I think it's in. I guess the point of that story is is that it's. I, 
going through stuff like that, going through different parts of our life. Uh, I think that's what made you and I friends is that particular moment. Um, because actually, you know, all three of us used to hang out playing in the pool together at the, at the gym, doing some sports games or doing our little football. And none of us at that moment in time really had an interaction with each other. Um, most of it was an interesting, like six weeks or whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where we hung out with each other all the time. It was like, but none of us were hanging out with each other because we were to each other. It was the girls that were more or less hanging out with each other. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. We knew girls. <laughs> we did. We did that's the moral of the story. What's your best pickup line, Greg? What is the best pickup line you ever had in your life? <laughs> I'll tell you, it happened this weekend. So, boy, <laughs> <laughs> BS. So, I, um, on Saturday, my friend Liz, um, she invited me to go to this gay bar called the coconut club, which is like this prominent gay bar in fourth street in Austin. And, uh, I was like, all right, man, I'll go out and I'll cut a rug a little bit. We go and I'm wearing, uh, an Austin public library shirt. And I'm just, I was feeling myself a lot. So two things happened. One, I walked up to a girl. I was like scanning the room. I was like, okay, most people are in groups. Let me see if there's a cute girl by herself. Boom. See one. She's like leaning up against this uh, ledge i go lean up next to her i say damn girl you make me want to pay my library fees on time and she looks <laughs> at my shirt and starts laughing uh, ah, i was pretty good. proud of that one yeah, and then good. also in that night so did it work i mean i li- she was literally standing like next to her boyfriend um oh. <laughs> did he at least she laughed at- I-, I yeah i got a laugh out of her and she was uh seems tickled and I, um, in that same night, just imagine, this is just like a total random thing. To preface this, when I go to the yoga studio, I pretty much go to the same class every day, right? So there's a Monday teacher, a Tuesday teacher that I see pretty much every week. I'm at the Coconut Club club, and I'm dancing, I'm dancing, and I set my water down next to this table of people. And when I set it down, I hear a voice from this table say, hey, stranger, and I look over and it's this girl that I dated like four years ago that I legit didn't even know lived here anymore. And there's this mind blowing moment of, whoa, this is crazy. And I look next to her and next to her is like my Tuesday night yoga teacher. I was like, double, whoa, what's good? <laughs> Worlds colliding moment. Uh, what a big I city for that to happen at too. Uh, that's the thing. Every time I've told somebody that story, they're like, Austin is a small town. It's legit the, the 11th most populous city in the country, but it's a small town vibe in the strangest, coolest way. It's wild. It sounds wild the way you yeah. explain it. Yeah. Um, so did you, yeah. Pay your, did you pay your library fees? Yeah, did you? I actually have a good bit. I probably owe like five, ten dollars in library fees right now. I got some late books. Well, well, that happened. <laughs> So what's yeah. the next, what's, uh, what's your next big adventure and plan? Um, you got a book written in clubby and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, you've been all over, all over the podcast and radio world for sure. Newspapers yeah. and articles and people praising you and loving the book and some couple people hating on it. We yeah. don't talk about those guys. Um, Haters. what's next, man? What's, what, what are you going to do next? A couple of things I've been working on. One is I'm working on my first novel right now. Um, it's called Tormenta and I'm doing the edit Tormenta, which is uh, Spanish for thunderstorm. 
And it's about my experience uh, being quarantined with a woman that I barely knew in New Mexico uh, two years ago. And, uh, but it's fiction. So there's like some fantastical elements to it. That's the, that's the novel that I'm working on right now. But on top of it, I am on a quest to become the best storyteller in web three in the NFT space. So like, I haven't told you guys anything about this, but I've, I've been writing like these backstories for these NFT projects. One of them is called Battle Bunnies that just, they sold their NFTs in March and they wanted somebody to come in and uh, write a novel based on this, the characters from the NFTs. And so like I wrote a fantasy novel for them in the last couple of weeks. It's pretty cool, actually. Hey, for people that don't know what NFT stands for, what does that stand for? It stands for non-fungible token. It's basically like a crypt, a singular cryptocurrency that's represented by a picture or a piece of music or something. It's like a, it's like a uh, character that exists on a uh, digital ledger. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that. Sure. Um, <laughs> so like that, that's been a lot of what I've been getting into. And I'm like trying to find a full-time, a more full-time work doing that uh, crypto game writing stuff. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. Um, when will that uh, when will it like be published? Like, when can we? Is it well off? Or I mean, how close are you guys to? I'm I'm on edits. Let me look at the document. I'm on the final round of edits, and I'm on page seventy two of one hundred two right now. My goal is to finish it before the weekend. Um, oh, nice. it'll yeah, it'll take us a couple of weeks to do like proofreading and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's within. We have another launch in July and our goal is to have it published before then. So like very soon. Hmm. Well, that's pretty cool, man. I, I, I wish you the best look. I'm sure I'll, if, if it's something I can buy, I'm sure I'm sure I'll buy it again. Um, you got to stop making so many stuff because I, I like it. Look, my whole house will be decorated. Greg Larson's you know, <laughs> is that a bad thing? Uh, it's not I a bad it. thing, but I'm running out of stuff. You know, when you got a three year old and four year old running around, she's you know she starts to take over you know yeah put pictures of her up and stuff that's good Um, here's a question yeah you're going out on a long hike you're going to be out for a week what are the three things that you you can only breathe bring three things what are the three things you're going to bring and why well we know it's not water no yeah don't do better not even say water you're just going to wing that shit (laughs) everybody knows it so we're like things okay you're going out on a hike. You're going to go in the Appalachian Trail. You're completely by yep. yourself again because that seems to be a thing. That's a theme that you're comfortable with. So you're going to go out and you start walking and you realize, hey, wait a minute. I can only have three things. So let me go back to my truck and grab those three things. Before you start walking back by yourself for weeks at a time, how, what are those three things and why would you pick those three things? And I take it that we're not choosing like food, water, that pretty much we're not doing those types of things, right? Uh, if you want food, that's one thing. You want water? That's one thing. Uh, that's perfectly fine. But um, wouldn't everybody just? Wouldn't that already take two two of the three things away for everybody? Not necessarily. I mean, I, I'm. I, you could say consumables. Well, no. I mean, I. I mean. Well, because then I'm only left with one thing, and everybody's okay. gonna. You give people. Th- uh, okay, you can only bring three things on a week long hike. Who's not gonna say food and water? I know that I've like fucked that up in the past. Yeah. But. Okay. I mean, I. I guess when I say food, like you could bring in a f- piece of food. But I was thinking, yeah, let's just. It's got to be water. separate from my three things, right? Because then yeah. otherwise the choice is already taken for me. Yeah, let's just get food and water out of there. Okay. Hey, we've already. It's agreed, already in the pack. We've already agreed that you're not going to bring water anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what three things am I going to bring? What 
what time of year it's the Appalachian Trail. What state am I in and what time of year is it? Oh, North Carolina, Virginia. Uh, okay. Fall. Okay. What do I have on my body that it doesn't count? Like, you know, I don't want to say underwear or socks. You have the proper clothing. Okay. Gotcha. Like, so for the temperature, the temp- temperature for fall, you have the proper clothing. Okay. And boots and everything. Like boots, clothing, kind of material. You're good. Cool. What am I going to bring? I'm going to bring a sleeping bag. Mm. I'm going to bring a tent. <clears throat> and I'm going to bring a a um a small hatchet can i do off trail i'm off the trail right like i'm doing backcountry camping yeah correct okay sleeping bag tent hatchet i like it i like it that's good stuff i would uh yeah probably wouldn't be too far off for me i don't i I don't know about the tent i might i might get rid of the tent but i might would go with some flint that's a good choice shit dude damn that's a good choice. I'd be in the fall time. I'd be fine with just the sleeping bag. Fuck, dude. But I already locked my answers in, so I'm screwed. <laughs> and Greg dies in this scenario. <laughs> dude, that's, that's the Greg one that got him. Yet. He hasn't died. He had no water. That's the one that got him. No water in Australia, and he hasn't died. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's pretty funny. Um, well, that's good. Can I tell stuff. you guys? Can I tell you guys about my two-stepping experience? Uh, yes, please yeah. do. We want to hear about the two-step experience from Wait, Greg. Aaron, you sounded you sounded very apprehensive. No, I was. Uh, I'm just disappointed we didn't do any two te- two-stepping experiences when we were in Texas. That was I a little know, disappointing dude. about it too. But we did not find any line dancing. That was one well, the, we didn't search for have, it either. Yeah, but what I've discovered in my two-stepping lessons is that in Austin, they're like at the country bars, there's strict no line dancing. And what <laughs> the reason is that because the the um, the bands themselves they fucking hate playing line dancing music, and uh, so it's like out of respect for the bands, you're not allowed to, to do line dancing. You it's more like two-stepping polka, waltz kind of stuff, which I thought was really cool. Um, so like. <laughs> I don't know, maybe two months ago, I went to this con- this country concert out in the sticks that my friend brought me to. And everybody was two-stepping. And when I go dancing, it's just chaos. I don't think about rules or anything like that. I just want to just go friggin' nuts. And But everybody was doing this two-step kind of stuff, which is its own set of rules, but obviously you can like improvise within it and like have your own style within it. And I saw, first of all, I saw all these do like, these dudes just looking so smooth and so cool doing these spins and these twirls with these (laughs) women. And second of all, the women there, like I, the women in Austin are gorgeous and some of the most amazing, beautiful women I've ever seen in my entire life. But the concentration of beautiful women in there was even a higher concentration that I'd seen at any venue. It was insane how many gorgeous women there there were that were desperate because there weren't that many like male leads to actually dance with them. And at one point in the night, one of these beautiful women, I'm sitting at the bar, like uncomfortably sipping on a drink. And one of them walks up to me and says, would you like to dance? And for the hey, first hey, time Greg. in my... Hey, Greg. You want, you want, you want two steps? You want two step? And I say... Greg uh, starts walking out the old school, like gangster two step. He's like, no, like, I'm just like, like I'm 26 like, mafia two step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is that for the... I will... 
I don't, you guys know me, like if I'm at the club, if I'm like in the dirty South or something, I'll just like go crazy on the dance floor. But for the first time in my life, I rejected a woman asking me to dance. Whoa. Damn, it was a place. Yeah. That's good, it was man. a place where there's like rules and I was too nervous to do it. And this why, why, seed it, hit me, Jeff. Why didn't you like, I don't know how to dance. Why don't you show me? Why didn't you do it like that? I didn't have the bravery in that moment. Like I did not have access oh, to that man. courage, mm. but what it did right. give me, it like gave me my origin story for this because Great. I ruminated on that for months. I was like, dude, I, I want to learn how to two-step, but I didn't want to like go by myself. I was too nervous. Lo and behold, like one of my buddies uh, who I do yoga with, he said that he wanted to learn how to do two-step in two. So the two of us, we went to a, we found this bar, this country bar in Austin that does two-step in lessons. And we went a couple of weeks ago, Friday night. And, you know, we nervously kind of walk in and dark, dingy country bar. There's a pool table and there's a kind of a disappointing amount of dudes in there and not a lot of women. And we get started and it's like, what what did it smell like? It smelled, it smelled like a little bit like stale beer, like any other, any other, um, like a dingy bar. Yeah. And it is dark and but it's like, well, now, cool now everybody gets the atmosphere. So here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of dudes, and then all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, what are we going to have to do? It was like pair up with dudes. All of a sudden this like bachelorette party shows up. Oh, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Cause bachelor Austin is like, other than Nashville, the top bachelorette capital in the world and bachelorette parties can be pretty annoying so i was happy to have the ratio much better but i thought okay here we go they're all from wisconsin right Uh i'm from minnesota now aaron what's in wisconsin that you love oh my gosh green bay packers and cheese lo and behold so these cutie wisconsin girls very like solid pale skin yes blonde yes blue eyes yes all of the all of the stereotypes like just midwest total midwest they're not aaron Aaron would be in heaven we don't talk about (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i pair up with this cutie and and we start dancing and she asks me what i do i tell her ask her what she does um and she says that she's a trainer i say oh what are you a trainer for she says the green bay packers God damn. And you and, and at one point did you ah okay. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna have a complaint with this story. I can already tell you the fact I don't know about it. So go ahead. <laughs> um she was really she was so hammered by the time we got to the twirls. Sounds like was done so you're building a foundation for excuses. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, hey, ease off, let him tell the story. He's our guest. I hear you, but I'm just we about to have a rebuttal. I got a rebuttal section here. Well, yes. give them time to tell the story. Then you can rebuttal. All right, proceed. Yes. Um, dancing with this cutie. She, she leaves. She's like, I got to sit down. I'm like way too drunk for this. I'll say, all right. Um, talk, see her on the way out. I don't know why, but her parents were with her. I don't why her parents were in Austin with her. I have no idea. Don't know but she's next. sitting at a table. I go over and I say, I say, hey, thanks for the dance. I hope you're feeling better. And she's like, I say, well, you're beautiful. And I kiss her on the hand and I say, you guys have a great safe night and uh, mosey out. And I come back the next week. Never that, that girl's no idea where she is gone. Come back the next week. Same situation. Lots of dudes there. And I'm like, what the fuck? A bachelorette party from Michigan shows up. 
<laughs> like this is, I don't know what's going to, I, I'm not going back this week because I have a party, but the week after I expect I'm going to go back and there's going to be a bachelor party from North Dakota or Minnesota. All right. Here's the thing. <clears throat> yep. Let's be real. You had an opportunity. This, I know it's personal because you're a Vikings fan I, and, and I get it. You, there's like a, there's just a line. I don't there. even care like, about the Vikings anymore. Uh, oh, shit. Whoa. I'm sorry. Damn. I haven't watched the Vikings Whoa. since they lost that NFC championship to the Eagles. Panthers have been doing, I mean, the Packers have been doing well. Um, and so anyway, I, uh, I just feel like there's a moment in time there. You had to be like, listen, do you know that my best friend really likes the Packers? He bought stock in it and he owns like a quarter of a, I don't know, grout in this bathroom stall. And you kind of hooked me up there. I feel like you might have forgotten me in that moment because you were being selfish and you wanted a relationship. That's how I feel. (laughs) But, uh, and it didn't work out, (laughs) Greg. That's the thing. Because she never came back. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy that this girl that lives in Wisconsin didn't come back the next week. It's weird that she even went there and had to interact with you. Uh, Anywho. um, It is unusual. So yeah, so the origin story about you uh, doing two step and all that. Did, where did this expand to? Did you just stop there, or is, where are we going? That that literally was like last week, and so oh yeah. So, so this not, is this is a progressive story. Exactly. So this what's going to happen uh, is that this Friday no two step lessons, and then next Friday we're going to go back to a lesson, and then the Friday after that it's time to go out into the real world. Yep. After our third lesson, it'll be a time for Todd and myself to go out into the real world and we're gonna go to a two-step bar and just like put our put ourselves to work. Yeah, there's a really good two-step bar in Charlotte you never went with me with. Just saying. I just feel like (laughs) how did this turn into so many guilt trips all in one little anecdote? I just feel like you've I'm trying to reel you guys back in. It's okay. You're like you're like changing so much i feel like a little bit in a way like you're even closer to me than we you ever were i think that's probably true i'm thinking yeah. that like like it's uh, weird i like i think one of the things that in, that were so unique about our relationships i think we were opposites right yeah like yep. you were more studious more organized it was chaotic and loud you know i mean not that you weren't you're kind of loud um you know but you're very social you can be very social so can i um mm-hmm. but a lot of a lot of personality traits we have very opposite but there is a and uh, maybe it's not even personality it's just uh overall life interest hobbies and um and different things like that of uh my uh my zoom is kicking me out again (laughs) but um i just it's kind of interesting that 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 has changed like i used to do that and it's like oh yeah welcome greg to the welcome to the party i'm glad you finally showed up like 13 years later yeah there you go i have no response i think that's everything is what you just said is accurate yeah it is interesting i would well listen if i don't see a video of you actually doing a line dance it didn't happen i i want to see it like i want to see your skills like i actually i wouldn't i'd go to charlotte and try to learn it too the old dance and try i used to have a blast doing it Uh, i'm sure there's one around here we can get into yeah i don't know where one around here is we just Google it. We never really looked into it, but we could. I know there's one. We, we can do a competition against Greg. We can do the good old South versus the Texans. Mm-hmm. Dude, who's Love got it, him dude. and his uh, Toto? Was it Toto? 
Toto. Yeah, dude, it's me and Toto. We're not in Kansas anymore. Dude, that's what, what really bugs me about, I love a lot of things about Texas, but when people call it the South, I'm like, hold on. This is a different thing. Being South of the Mason-Dixon line and being an old Confederate state is a whole different culture. There's a lot of similarities, but it's a whole different culture than being in Texas or even Florida. It's funny you say that because I posted a thing on our Facebook page. I was like similar to that, and I thought about that. I was just writing that um, about you know getting in contact with you, and I said something about Southern, and I was like, yeah, it's not really Southern, but it is what it is, and we'll just go with it. But it is different, and I think sometimes people yeah. don't necessarily – I mean, in I remember when you came down to college, like yep. you understanding the Southern culture, like – just the everything that was happening within it. I remember you questioning a lot of stuff and, and having a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I ended up changing. I said, getting ready for the reunion, but I had something like Southern something. I'm like, well, that's not really Southern. That's, that's a completely different world out there. Yeah. And there's some similarities, but there's a different sure. cultural influence there. It's, it's just different. It's different. There's a lot of similarities, but it is different. Um, and I, I I think you put it, I don't know how to describe it, but it is, uh, hell, they yeah, got food. They're Texans. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I mean. What it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you and your friend will compete against Aaron and I, and we'll table the two-step for a later date. I'm happy to do that. Okay. So, All right. There you go. So we got to learn so, line the, dance. We got to learn the line dance and have to record and send it to each other. Yeah. And uh, we'll just put it, what, six months? Six months, dude. We got to get fun to play. Oh, you y'all, already have like yeah, three. Y'all are experts now. Got, Come on yeah. now. You got to give us some time. I don't know if it's okay. two-step. I'll probably be doing a damn river dance out there or something. You got boots? <laughs> you wearing boots these days or what? No, yeah, but what are you wearing? I, you wearing you gotta, your have you got a you got a cowboy hat yet? <laughs> no. Nah. Here's the thing oh, is that well, as I continue going, I thought about this. I was like, as I continue going, there's gonna be a point where not having where, where having boots and a cowboy hat is just gonna be necessary. And I haven't reached that point yet, but I know <laughs> that I will and I'll wait for it to happen. Nice. I like it. Hey, before so I think we nailed this in the hatchet there. Uh, but can we do your uh, backyard hiking real quick since we kind of talked about the South and everybody loves backyards in the South? Hell yeah, dude. What you want to know? Like, describe what you mean by your backyard hiking real quick. Backyard hiking? Oh, in, in Austin. Okay, I was just like looking at us. Um, so I live on a green belt, like a, a hiking trail. And so I can just like walk out my back door and just go into the woods with my dog. And there's nobody, I almost stepped on a snake today. That was pretty intense. And um, we just go back there and just hike for my, we could hike for 14 miles if we wanted to. It's this beautiful, it feels like you're off into the woods. And if I went in the opposite direction, I'm within walking distance of downtown Austin. It's kind of an incredible place to be. Um, Yeah. I got there probably once every other day sounds wonderful sounds like a good spot you get there in austin that is beautiful i enjoyed it when we were there i sure did too next trip's in montana though that's on the record now so that is it that is it 
Greg, you got anything else to leave us with? No, I just appreciate the fact that quote. this podcast happened in three acts, which is incredible. I mean, some Shakespearean plays have three acts, and this is uh, could be on par with that. I don't know. But two intermissions for one podcast is pretty exceptional. Yeah, well, we appreciate your patience. Um, that's one thing about us is we just go with a flow. Um, anyway, that's anyway, one thing about you guys is you really test people's patience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And you, my friend. That's have, why we start off with beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or in your case, milk. But I will say, Greg, thank you for, you know, spinning this with us. Just a little, just in case you don't really know, a part of this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just ignoring what I mean. Um, but a lot of this is just for me and Jeff um, and, and for people to come back and look at us one day. It's a diary. So um, we do this more. So we try to bring all the people that are, you know, relevant to us and stories and relive those things. And what well, I obviously want, obviously I have a kid, right? And one day that she's, and we, we back these things up like crazy. Um, they're on hard drives on hard drives on hard drives. So that anything ever happens, I'm one day my child will be able to look back and, um, and see what we did or what stories we went through and some of the trials and tribulations, good things and bad things and sad things and funny things. And obviously you're very much a part of that. Greg and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do that. It's more than just a podcast. This has kind of been a diary for us. So some of your stories will live on forever. Uh, we have so many more and we'd love for you to have you back. Um, so please come back to the show, especially after of we, course. we show you what how, how good we can dance. But uh, probably going to beat you there. But um, anyway. Pretty good one. Thanks, thanks for joining us, Greg. Thanks for having me. You guys are, you guys went easy on me. You guys didn't attack me too much, and I felt like I was a welcome member of the party. We love you, buddy. All right. As always, you can find us on your favorite social media account at The Tailblazers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also find us on YouTube. Watch them videos. You can also find us on our website, www.thetailblazers.net. And you can also email us at hatemail at thetailblazers.net. Check us out. Send us something. Damn right. Is that you doing a hand stand there, Greg? Yep. I love it. <laughs>